Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Means that the number one pick in the 2021 NBA draft goes to the Detroit Pistons. Who's got the number one pick in this year's draft? Detroit! Who's got the number one pick in this year's draft? Basketball! Select Isaiah Stewart. The Detroit Pistons select Killian Hayes. Sadiq, that was absolutely sensational. I don't know what went into that process. I met the criteria to be selected, but I wasn't. From long range. Oh! Yes! Yes! Detroit Basketball! Pistons fans, welcome back to another exciting edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host for today, Jasper Apollonia, joined as always by Aaron Johnson. Once again, we are without Mike Angulano. We're very sad to not have him, but we're holding down the fort still. Aaron, how are you doing this week? Doing good, Mike, or Jasper. Man, you know, so here's the story. Mike was supposed to be here this week, and that's why I was so ready to say doing good, Mike, because I'm used to Mike asking me how I'm doing. Uh, but Mike sad for sure back next week, so holding out. Holding down before without Mike. Jasper, I'm doing good. I'm glad to be here w- with you. This is what our this is our final pod of the regular season, isn't it? Yeah, the, I'm trying the to think on their season on Sunday. Yeah, they have three more games left. That is correct. And they play every other day. Yeah, that's absolutely right, Aaron. Yeah. Jeez. So by next podcast, the Pistons season will be done. And yeah. We'll be full on thinking about the NBA draft free agency and it'll be that time of the year the frenzy that comes at the end of the season when the pistons miss the postseason and don't have anything else to play for into june like 16 other teams are going to have the opportunity to do but i am doing good we've got some stuff to talk about today that i want to get into so i'm gonna wrap up this little soliloquy and uh turn it over to you yeah perhaps even more importantly next sunday we will know exactly where the Pistons uh, will be in terms of their draft lottery odds. Um, You know, last night was a big win. (laughs) I'm being facetious, of course, over the Indiana Pacers. Uh, Detroit, very temporarily, after winning against OKC two nights before, uh, they went all the way up to fourth worst lottery odds of any team. OKC also won. They blew out the suns with chris paul which was weird but whatever um so the pistons are back at those third best odds for a top pick but very much in a precarious situation with oklahoma city they need the thunder to keep losing because you know aaron if the pistons win out and the pacers lose out detroit could slide all the way to fifth it's a real possibility um and it's not for lack of well, I was going to say lack of trying, but it's really more for lack of not trying. The Pistons have sat Cape Cunningham uh, last night. Um, they also, a couple days ago, sat him, Sadiq Bey, and Isaiah Stewart basically for the majority of that game against the Thunder. Didn't help as Killian Hayes went off. So the Pistons are in kind of a weird situation, would you not say? Yeah, it's it's not ideal, um, you, you know, and it's it's you never want to be in this situation where you're trying to lose games but at the end of the year 
when it, your season's already set and done for, you don't have a chance to make the playoffs. You don't have a chance to make the play in. Like, you know, might as well lose. And the Pistons picked up a pair of wins against teams that are right next to them in the standings that as they continue to lose games, the Pistons need to try to also lose games to keep them from uh, jumping ahead of Detroit with better lotto odds. So it, it wasn't ideal for the Pistons to get both those wins. But at the same time, they played Cade Cunningham eight minutes against the Thunder. Sadiq Bay and Isaiah Stewart played the first six minutes, and that was it. I mean, the Pistons had a 26.8 rebounds, seven assists game, six steal game from Killian Hayes to beat the Thunder. It was Killian Hayes' coming out party. And then against the Pacers on Sunday, they got a combined 25 points from Carson Edwards, who they literally signed on Sunday morning, and Braxton Key, who they just converted from uh, a 10-day to a two-way contract. They did not have Kate Cunningham on the court. They did not have Corey Joseph. The other guys like Jeremy Grant, Kelly Olenek, uh, Hamadou Diallo, all those guys were out as well. I mean, it was a ragtag group that beat an Indiana Pacer team that closed the game with their key guys on the court. Tyrese Halliburton was in down the stretch. He had a 19.17 assist game. Buddy Hill was on the court. So the guys that are still playing for them, they played. And the Pistons still found a way to win. So now the Pistons with three games left, they have Milwaukee, and then they end the season at Philadelphia. Um, you know, I, I will see if what, what happens in those games. Those are two teams that could rest guys, but as the East is so close in playoff position, uh, this year the Pistons, or the Pistons might get lucky and they'll be at full strength uh, against those two teams. But, again, we'll see if things could change um, throughout the week. Uh, but not the most ideal spot for for the Pistons to be at at this point, considering where they are in the standings. You'd like them at this point just to have, you know, that top percentage chance of earning a top pick in the draft. Um, and now it's kind of in jeopardy with Oklahoma City right there with them and the Pacers kind of knocking on the door. Yeah, if you're a Pacers fan, you're probably worried about the future, considering that they lost to that Pistons team last night. If you're a Pistons fan, you're probably starting to sweat those lottery odds a little bit. But let me tell you something. If you're a Pistons better, you are feeling real, real good right now. Like I am. They have covered, Aaron, I believe it is in 21 of their past 23 games, which is crazy. Absolutely crazy. And if you, like me, are trying to roll over those winnings and maybe looking to wager on the master this weekend or the final games before the NBA playoffs, well, Head over to betonline.ag on your desktop or your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get started. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all updated odds and info, along with player props and new contests throughout the year. It's the best source for sporting wagering needs, including live betting and everyone's favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started, so join today. Learn why everyone is saying Bet Online is the fastest, fastest, and easiest way to wager on sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. Yeah, that that's really crazy to me. Aaron is, uh, I mean, twenty one of twenty three games covering is really amazing. Both them and the Lions. I don't know what it is in the water in Detroit this year. Both those teams just can't stop covering. Um, so. I've been very happy with that, even if at the same time I am starting to get a little bit worried about whether the Pistons are going to have uh, 
a lack of firepower, I guess, is the only way to put it, to keep on losing. Luckily, they are facing some more difficult opponents move, uh, moving forward. They still have games against uh, Philadelphia. Uh, I believe they also play Milwaukee and the Mavericks as well. So those are all three very losable games against three very good opponents that all are trying to continue winning are likely not going to be resting any starters. So you do feel a little bit good about that, at least, right? Uh, especially if you're throwing guys like Carson Edwards and Braxton Key out there on a nightly basis, which it does appear is going to continue happening. Um, I'm not sure we're going to see Kate Cunningham for the rest of the season, Aaron. Yeah, at this point, I don't know if we will either. Um, you know, the back was an issue for a little bit. Uh, it happened, you know, three or so games ago, and he is played it, through it, it. Is it his back or his hip? Uh, maybe it's the hip. I, I thought I they originally hip. said it was the back, and then maybe they have it as the hip on the injury report. It was originally said to be the back. Kate had said, oh, you know, his back has been bothering him, but he wanted to go back in because he missed, you know, that second quarter against Brooklyn. And then he you know, obviously had the big second half and finished the game with 34 points and uh, whatever else he had in that game. But then he's, you know, he said after the game was my back was hurting me, but I wanted to get back in. So he's been playing through that since the Brooklyn game. And, you know, at this point with only a handful of games left, I don't think it's worth risking it. I think it, it, if they wanted that that one last push for him to, to go at rookie of the year, he wouldn't have sat out these past couple of games, including the Thunder game, really, because he only played eight minutes. Uh, he was going to need to have some really big performances to end the year. And at this point, with only three games left, you know, I just don't really know if there's much of a point in, in doing it, at the, do, bringing him back at this point. Um, it just doesn't look like the, the, the decision makers are going to change their mind as to who's rookie of the year. Evan Mobley seems to kind of already have that one in the bag at this point. He's been atop the rookie ladder for however many weeks in a row it's been, but it's been a very long time. And at this point, it's probably better for the Pistons to prioritize Cade's long-term health. It also gives them a better chance of losing games. I do find it funny though, that somehow the Pistons are winning basketball games without their three best players on the court and with a bunch of guys that have spent a good chunk of the season playing in the G League. Um, but, yeah, I think it makes sense to, to just kind of shut Cade down at this point. If he's healthy enough to come back and he wants to play another game, then you let him. Um, but if there's any concern with, with the back or the hip, you just keep him shut down at this point and get him ready for his offseason training regime. Yeah, to clarify, Aaron, it's Sadiq Bay had the quote-unquote hip injury. You know, that one that – only limited them to, to eight minutes the other night. It was killing him. Obviously, it was it was a very big deal. They had to rest him for the rest of that Oklahoma City game. And it was clearly still bothering him against Indiana when he dropped, you know, 31 points on 18 shots. Um, so something tells me that the uh, severity of that hip injury might have been slightly overstated. I can't imagine why. They were only facing a, a G League team in Oklahoma City. Um, yeah, it does seem like I think the same thing's probably going to happen. They're probably going to rest Cade for the rest of the season. I think the Pistons, for while they do want to maintain that competitiveness, and they have, um, I mean, they won, for God's sake. Uh, while they want to maintain that competitiveness, I think at the same time, you also don't want to risk anything more to Cade Cunningham. Back injuries are just not something you want to mess around with. And at the same time, it's a good opportunity to see what you have in some other players. Um, you know, obviously, you know, Carson Edwards and Braxton Key are, are very likely not going to be parts of this team moving forward. But somebody like Killian Hayes 
absolutely is. And Aaron, you know, this isn't on our podcast topics for today, but I do have to talk about this because last week we talked about Killian Hayes as being our most disappointing member of the Pistons rotation this season. And all he's done over the last eight games is put up 12 and a half points, four and a half assists, four and a half rebounds, two and a half steals and a block per game on 48% shooting from the floor. Aaron, he's been really good. And yes, of course, you can make the argument he put up that ridiculous 26, uh, 8, 5, uh, 8, 7, and 5. That's five steals, by the way. Stat line against Oklahoma City because they were throwing out a G League team. But even if you take that away, he's been very consistent. He's been very effective. And he's been a big part of them winning. He has. I mean, Killian Hayes has no doubt been playing much better basketball over the last two weeks. And I know he's had some stronger moments really since, you know, the all-star break, he's come back. And once he kind of moved to the bench some things have started to look better for him, but it's been about consistency at this point, consistency and, you know, being able to stay on the court and be healthy and consistency of playing well on a nightly basis and providing something to the team on a nightly basis. And his newfound desire and newfound confidence in going to the rim and trying to score the basketball has really helped open up his game. I mean, again, that game against Oklahoma City, I do kind of take it with a caveat. A lot of those guys on that roster are not going to be NBA players uh, next season. They're just not going to be in the league. But what Killian Hayes was doing, the process that he was taking in terms of attacking the basket, getting good looks, playing with confidence, not not wavering to his teammates, not getting rid of the basketball or settling for bad shots late in the shot clock. That is all stuff that the Pistons need to continue to see from Killian Hayes. He's a guy that should be heavily featured these next three games. Like the Pistons should say, hey, we need you to go do what you did against Oklahoma City the rest of the year. We want you taking 15 shots a game over these last three games. They need to continue to see what Killian Hayes has because they don't have the luxury of, of waiting another offseason and not addressing the guard spot. Corey Joseph is a fine backup point guard. Killian Hayes has looked good as a backup point guard at times, but they need a guard next to Kate Cunningham, and they could have that opportunity in a guy like Jaden Ivey. So they need to see where Killian Hayes slots in, because I think if you can keep Killian Hayes and he can be a good backup point guard, then that makes it easier for them to move on from Corey Joseph. Or maybe for some reason, and I don't think I feel this way at this point, I think I would, if Jaden Ivey was available, you know, I would take him with the mindset of, hey, I'm going to play him next to Cade moving forward. But maybe they still feel that Killian has a chance to be the starting guard alongside Cade. They need to continue to see him perform well over these last three games and take it into an offseason where, He needs to play more. He needs to get better. He needs to train. He might be a candidate to go back to summer league at this point. The the results from Killian Hayes have certainly been better the the last four or five games. Like you can see him doing things that he was not doing at the beginning of this season. And I know uh, he's only on like game 86 or 87 of his NBA career. So in reality, he kind of just entered his second season, quote unquote, uh, in terms of games played. And so there is supposed to be that progression that comes with that. And he has started to show some legitimate signs of growth. Unfortunately for him, it comes in the last few weeks of the season where 
rosters are deflated, uh, stats tend to get inflated. You need to see it consistently. I would have liked to have seen it sooner in the year, but you do have to look at the positive side of it, that it is starting to come together for him right now and hope that he can finish off this last week strong and take it into what is really a, a major, major offseason for the Detroit Pistons and personally and individually for Killian Hayes. Yeah, I'm with you on that, Aaron. And, you know, I'm just going to throw this out here. Here's Killian Hayes since moving to the bench. He, he did start four games in there, um, but we'll just put all the numbers out there. Killian Hayes since going to the bench over his last 30 games, seven and a half points per game, five assists, three and a half rebounds, uh, almost two steals plus blocks combined. And he's doing it on uh, basically like 43, 23 and uh, 68% splits. So if that's what you're getting from Killian Hayes next year, which is still like a poor three-point shooter, a weirdly poor free throw shooter, but shooting better than 50% from inside the arc as your backup point guard, are you okay with that kind of production? I think as a backup point guard, I could live with it. Uh, I mean, obviously the hope is that he continues to develop. I, I, I think the shooting is, is he has to figure it out. He has to become a more stable three-point shooter. He started off the season. He was the Pistons' best three-point shooter like throughout the first month or so of the year, and then he has just absolutely tanked in terms of efficiency from beyond the arc. Uh, but wait, it's... real quick. So I have to ask you, though. So even though his efficiency has actually been like worse over the – again, last 30 games, he's shooting 23% from outside but he's looked so much better inside the arc than he has at any other point of his career. He's looked effective. He's looked dangerous. So I don't know, I guess for me, I'm wondering if he maintains that level of danger inside the arc, but he still continues to struggle outside the arc. Is that acceptable for you? I just, I, I, I feel like your guards have to be able to spread the floor. You have guys on this team that have to operate in the paint. Like, Kate Cunningham is a downhill guy, goes to the rim. You have Isaiah Stewart down low. Who knows you know, what you end up with in the draft. Like if you end up with Chet Holmgren, that's another guy that operates space in the paint. And obviously if Killian's coming off the bench, maybe not all those guys are on the floor. Uh, and that does open up some space for him. But the, the, the shooting is such a concern for him that he's just not really a threat right now. And it's, it's with his mechanics. It's down to his mechanics. He, really needs to kind of remake the shot because he doesn't often set himself when he's, when he's shooting. And when he does, those shots don't go in. And those are supposed to be the, the best looks is when you're able to set your body and t- get a complete motion, not falling away from the basket off one leg. And, and Killian's shot is just a complete disaster right now. And it is something that's going to limit him long-term. Uh, but, I mean, you're right. He has been his most efficient self going to the rim, playing inside using that little 14 foot jump shot that he takes around the free throw line. Killian Hayes is such a tough player for me to judge right now because everything from the first 80 games was minimal flashes and just so much more to be desired. And he's come off so strong these last four or five games that you can see the player that, we all envisioned that I envisioned when I said that he was the best prospect in the, in the 2021 draft. And it's just our 2020 draft. So 
I, he's I, it goes back to what he does this offseason. I don't know where I'm at right now. If he doesn't improve as a three point shooter, I think it'd be you could find a replacement for him where you wouldn't necessarily notice any sort of drop off in the overall player, but it might just fit your team better because this is a guy that can shoot the ball, even though maybe he loses some of the abilities on the defensive end of the floor or isn't as good of a, uh, of a distributor. Interesting. Now, you know, for me, I have to say, I'm not backing down from saying this has been a disappointing season from Killian Hayes. He took a little step forward, but he didn't take the step forward that we wanted or really needed him to take in order for the Pistons to become a better team than they were last year. Um, but I do, at the other hand, I will say, if you're looking for encouragement, I think that these last few weeks especially have shown that the path to like a Marcus Smart type of career is extremely, it's there. Like I can see it. There was a point halfway through the season where I was starting to get really worried that it was going to be more like a Chris Dunn type deal. Um, now I'm at the point where I look at him and I go, look, this is a guy who can play excellent defense. He's a big part of them winning even if the stats don't always look spectacular. And I think for me, if he could just continue to, to marginally improve year after year, if he can just get that two-point percentage up, just keep improving it. If he can be a guy who hits 52% of his shots inside the arc, I am so okay with that as a guy coming off of my bench playing 20 to 25 minutes a night. I am so okay with it. Um, but yeah, you're right. There do need to continue to be improvements. There's not been a great season from Killian Hayes by any means. He, even if the last few weeks have been definitely encouraging, definitely better. And most importantly, I think consistently good. Um, there really hasn't been a lot of stinkers. And, and that to me is, is really important. Um, another guy I quickly want to touch on before we start to wrap things up here, Chris Smith uh, got waived the other day when Carson Edwards was signed to that two-year contract for the Pistons. Obviously, he never got to play in Detroit, but he has appeared throughout the season with the Motor City Crews. Aaron, you got to see a lot of him. You spoke highly of him. Chris Smith being waived. Uh, what does this say to you? He did have surgery on his knee. I believe it was the same knee he injured yeah. in college, yeah. too, which is not a good sign, usually. Um, any updates for us? Anything you want to say about that situation? Do you see Chris Smith potentially coming back? Did he show enough in his short time with the Motor City Crews? Yeah, you know, it's it's certainly unfortunate that the situation played out to, to what it eventually did. Um, Chris Smith had been playing some pretty good basketball down uh, with the Motor City Crews when he was healthy. And you could see the makings of a guy that was going to eventually help the Pistons. I mean, a 6'9 forward that had guard-like skills, could handle the basketball, did it for the crews a little bit where he was initiating and taking the ball himself up the court, uh, knocked down three-point shooter, just played a, a good brand of basketball on a guy that you could envision, you know, down the line with the Pistons. And it's, it's easy to say that when a guy's playing in the G League, but he just had the looks and he gave off the feel of a guy that was going to be an NBA player. So, you know, when I talked to him back in January, uh, when he kind of came back into the fold and made his debut with the Crews, you know, the thing he talked about was, like, first off, he thought he was going to be a superstar in this league. Like, he's very confident in that, and he thinks he, he was going to eventually get there. Uh, he, he was just coming back off that ACL surgery. 
uh, you know, for, you know, first game, second game back uh, from that surgery, but he was in very strong spirits. And I didn't really talk to him much after that, uh, but he had been playing very good basketball and was fitting in with the crews uh, who had been, you know, losing guys to the Pistons and Isaiah livers came down to motor city. Uh, once he kind of came back from his second injury and quickly left and Chris Smith was just one of those wings that was kind of consistent on the roster once he got into the fold in January and played left a very good impression there, um, you know, both in the locker room and on the court. Uh, this could be a situation where, look, Motor City's going to the playoffs right now. They have their first playoff game in franchise history on Friday. This gives them potentially the opportunity to have a guy like Braxton Key down with them since he's on a two-way contract. And Pistons could send him down so that Motor City does have an extra wing to play. I will say that right now without Smith and without Livers, that's probably the area on the roster that they could use the most help at right now. So he could kind of come in and fill that role. And Key obviously played with uh, Delaware in the G League this year and had a very productive season, a good enough one to earn that initial 10-day contract with Detroit. So uh, that could have been part of the decision-making there. They could have you know, decided to sign Key to that contract so that he could be available for the playoffs and help the crews uh, in their postseason run. And the, then the idea could be that when Chris Smith is healthy, he's going to come back for summer league. He's going to get every opportunity uh, to get back into the fold with Detroit, because I do think he is, can be an NBA player. Um, I'm not sure how serious the surgery was. It was on that same left knee that he had the surgery on after he tore his ACL uh, back at UCLA. Um, but hopefully he can get healthy. I'm, don't know for sure if there's any sort of plan in place to bring him back this summer. I don't know what his timeline is after the surgery, but I think there could be a world where Chris Smith comes back, plays summer league, gets invited to camp as long as he you know looks healthy and plays okay and has a shot to either end up on a two-way contract or maybe he makes the roster. Uh, one note on that is Jamorco Pickett's two-way contract is only a one-year deal, so he'll be a free agent at the end of the season. Um, so that does open up a two-way spot in theory. Um, one other thing I'll say is that, that Chris Smith mentioned that he had a really good relationship uh, with Troy Weaver, Weaver and really liked him, which is why he decided to come to Detroit. Um, so this might, and I know there was a lot of uproar about this on Twitter. A lot of people did like Chris Smith uh, that followed the crew. So this could just be a decision where, hey, the Pistons were looking for a little bit more depth for the crews for their playoff run. And this allows them to get that with key and Chris Smith will might, might perhaps be back in the fold uh, this summer, but that remains to be seen. Certainly wishing him the best. I, I, I do think he has some legitimate talent as a six, nine kind of point forward type guy almost reminds me a little bit of Kyle Anderson for the Memphis Grizzlies. Who's had mm. a really, you know, a really good career in the NBA between San Antonio and, and Memphis, but kind of gives Smith, off a little bit of those vibes. Smith's a better athlete than, than slow-mo though. For right? sure. For sure. Yeah. I was going to say he can, I mean, I, you know, multiple surgeries on your left knee, maybe not so much anymore, but still, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. I would love to see him succeed and just see what he can do with the Pistons. It, it will be tough. Uh, he's kind of in a similar boat to somebody like Isaiah Livers, who is also kind of like trying to get into that backup four, three kind of spot. Uh, also, you know, and as could have been a first round pick, there's a lot of people who thought Chris Smith before he tore his ACL was going to be a first rounder. Same with Isaiah livers um, and livers has played outstanding. I don't think there's any way around that. I mean, he's shooting 40% from three 50% from two 80% from the line. 
can't really ask much more for, you know, a guy who's just coming into the league has only played what 15 games for you. So um, yeah, that'll be interesting to see. Uh, Detroit will obviously have some very important decisions to make with a lot of young guys, especially when after this week, when they have a better idea of maybe where they will be falling in the lottery. Um, Like I said, three more games for Detroit, Oklahoma city has four more games. And I think this is something that, you know, you're going to have to keep a little bit of an eye on all of those games for Detroit. They should lose. Not only should they lose, they should get destroyed. Uh, Dallas, Milwaukee, and Philly. Those are all top three seeds in their respective conference. Oklahoma city, on the other hand, is facing Portland tomorrow. They are at Utah, which is falling apart. They are at Los Angeles, another team that is falling apart. And then they finish up with the Clippers on Sunday. So there are, in my opinion, three very winnable games for the Thunder, even though they are throwing out the worst possible team they can. Um, but hey, what can I say? When uh, when you've got Oliver Saar and um, Teo Maladon, you know, running the, the show for you, it's hard not to win, right? When Isaiah Lo- Roby looks like prime Shaq. Uh, didn't, you know, Poku, didn't Poku just have a, a, a triple-double against Phoenix last night? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh, so the good. End of the NBA season for you. This is, Dude, this is just the epitome of it. Jalen Horde had a 20-rebound <laughs> game against Detroit. It's ridiculous. You get some hilarious games. Um, yeah, I think Detroit's going to lose out. I really do. I think that Oklahoma city is going to win another game. I do anticipate the Pistons finishing with the third worst record in the league, but of course you will all be able to tell me how wrong I am next week on the podcast after, after we get that figured out. Right. Yeah, we will uh, for sure have some stuff to talk about next week. There's going to be some people that are either very happy or very, very upset. So it's going to be an interesting show next week to to know for sure where Detroit stands in the lottery odds just for the ping pong balls that nobody has control over to fall where they may, whether Detroit has the top odds or not. So it's going to be madness, but that's what the Pistons community is all about. Well, Aaron, okay, before we wrap things up, just yes or no, is it a disaster if the Pistons win one more game in Oklahoma City, it's not. It's not good. Okay. So you're it's you it's it's you you're of the opinion like there's no moral victories here. It's not good to end the season with more wins. Like you got you got out. your moral victories at this point. You had your big wins. You know. Okay. At, at this you're going to be unhappy. You're going to be unhappy if they if they drop another spot. I mean, if the Pistons win, they win. You know, they're throwing out guys that. Are, are not going to be a part of the team next year or aren't going to be in the roles that they're in right now, you know, getting 30 minutes a game. They're, if they're still throwing out those guys and those guys are going out and competing and winning, then what can you do? You know, but if the Pistons were playing Cade and everyone else, uh, you know, their main guys, 40 minutes at the end of the year, when they're already out of the, everything, it would definitely be a little bit more disappointing, but what they're doing right now is they're they're playing their end, end of roster guys. They're playing all of their rookies, and they're right now finding ways to win. So you can't really blame them for playing hard. I mean, these are NBA players. These are professional athletes at the end of the day. Like, they're not going to go out and lose games on purpose so that the team can draft a player set to replace them. Yeah, it's a good point. Look, you can try and lose all you want, but at the end of the day, uh, 
the Portland Trailblazers have a better record post-All-Star break than the Los Angeles Lakers do. And one of those teams is trying to do everything they can to win. The other one is trying to do everything they can to lose. And, and Portland's the one with the better record. So what does that tell you? Um, yeah, these are, at the end of the day, you're right. They're professional athletes. They're NBA players. And look, while you might try and, and tank, you might try and lose, sometimes you're just going to win games. And there's nothing that you can really do about that at the end of the day. Um, yeah, I, <laughs> it is kind of funny, though, I will say. You know, the NBA did all this work to stop tanking. And at the end of the day, you still have what? Six, well, five, six, seven teams that are doing everything in their power to lose for the last two and a half, three weeks of the season. I don't know. Um, Flattening the lottery odds, I think, was probably good. But did it really fix what the NBA was trying to fix? I'm not so sure. Um, that's probably a little bit more complicated of a discussion, however. Um, Aaron, do you have anything else you'd like to add before we wrap things up here? Um, no, I mean, by the time this podcast comes out, uh, I'll have a post up on palaceofpistons.com talking Ooh. about the Motor City Crews uh, and, and their their playoff berth as they get set on Friday to host their, their first playoff game. Talked a little bit to Saban Lee and their head coach, DJ Baker, so – some good stuff in there as they get ready to play. Uh, it's an inter- interesting little conversation with Saban about how he's been able to thrive down in the G League and 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 what what they need to do to make a postseason run. So some good stuff. So just want, just wanted uh, to plug that. And uh, a little birdie tells me that Palace of Pistons staff writer Jacob Rogers is going to have a piece coming out later Ooh. this week as well. So we have some hashtag content on the way. Oh on palaceofpistons.com uh make sure you're at our socials at palace of pistons on twitter uh we have a facebook page with instagram page now that's where you're going to get notifications on hey we just dropped a new piece this week's podcast is out uh, all that stuff and more uh, coverage throughout the game interaction all that kind of stuff on our social pages so definitely check us out uh, but yeah just had to get those those last few plugs in thanks Jeff. nice oh i love it uh, what's Jacob's t- uh, piece going to be on? How uh, Isaiah Stewart is the Pistons' best rebounder of all time? Uh, just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's great. I'm looking forward to reading it, Aaron. Uh, you've been incredibly uh, prescient with your uh, uh, Jeremy Grant takes. So I'm sure whatever you have to say on the Motor City Cruise will be just as well thought out. Also really excited to hear what Jacob has to say. And I'm sure we'll have more stuff coming up at the end of the season, uh, when we get into the draft, there is going to be a lot, a lot of things to look into because the Pistons could go anywhere from one to eight when it's all said and done. We'll know that after this week. We'll talk about it next week, however, uh, when we do have our beloved Mike Angulano back to do these ad reads for us and to get us out of uh out of the podcast without having to do eight takes like I did last week. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully we won't have to do it again this week, Aaron. Uh, That's it for me, uh, Jasper Apollonia. Talk for Aaron Johnson and the not with us, but we'll be back. Mike Angelano for next week. Thank you for listening to the Palace of Pistons podcast brought to you by Bet Online and the Believe Podcast Network.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.